listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting, a series that draws on the experience of experts to unearth the principles of personal and team leadership. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us. Today's podcast, I speak with Scott Powell from the Oregon Group. I interview him around authentic leadership. Scott speaks from his own leadership experience and gives some insightful thoughts around unconscious competence. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Scott, welcome. How are you? Good. I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you for coming. Um, first podcast of Apricot Coaching to get this out there, so appreciate you getting on board and being a part of it. Um, the reason why we thought it would be good to engage with you is we work closer with you and the team and as a leader, you're someone who sees the value in not only investing in your team and their development in their leadership but also in yourself. It's something that you always look to grow and develop in your own leadership. So that for us was someone who is always looking for um, how do I grow and be the best leader I can. So that's why we thought it would be awesome for you to um, come on board in our first podcast. So thank you for coming on board. In order for our listeners to get a bit of an understanding of who Oricon is to start off with, could you, what does Oricon do? Yeah, sure. So Oricon is an engineering and infrastructure advisory consultancy, which pretty much means we um, shape and design and deliver major infrastructure works across a range of different markets, including water and transport, uh, built environment, so in the buildings world, uh, resources, energy manufacturing, and then we also do work in advisory for our government clients as well. So we work, work across all kind of major infrastructure uh, in that industry and really in that shaping, de- designing and delivering. Yeah, so a busy time, I'd imagine, with all the infrastructure and things that are happening in Australia at the moment. There's certainly plenty to focus on and, and keep us occupied. <laughs> Great, excellent. And what's your current role at Oricon? So at Oricon, I'm the Regional Director for New South Wales in my current role, which means I'm responsible for the operational leadership of all of the projects that we deliver within the New South Wales region across the markets that I mentioned before. Great. What have you learnt about yourself and your leadership style as you've moved into this position? Yes, yeah, so I've been in this position for about two and a half years now uh, and I think uh, I'm always constantly reflecting on leadership and leadership style and the appropriate leadership style for the appropriate environment. So I think that's probably the one thing that I continue to grapple with is what is the, the most effective style of leadership in any given context and making sure that I'm shaping my style to match the, the context and the, and the team and where it's up to uh, and then making sure that we're getting the best out of the team depending on what, what context you're leading in. Yes, yes. Well, I look forward to asking that around when we think about <laughs> being authentic but having to adjust our styles then recognising what our team needs at the time. What do you enjoy most about leading a team? Oh, look, I love um, watching people develop and and I also enjoy the dynamic of teamwork. Uh, So seeing different people come together and and the diversity of of thought and approach um, and putting a team together that certainly embraces that diversity and, and, and develops a really inclusive culture to then see that play through and have really robust debate um, and listening to different views and really being challenged um, as a leader of a group as well, but also within the group being challenged by the people within the team to shape your views and your thinking around the best way to approach a particular topic or a particular challenge. Mm. And so that's one of the things I, I enjoy a lot. 
Uh, I also enjoy just the diversity of working with different people and and uh, having different people challenge me in different ways in terms of how I guess I need to lead them and develop them and to get the best out of them mm-hmm. and also then developing them in, in doing the same for the teams that they lead. Yeah. Do you think it's easy for your team members or has it taken time for them to be able to have those robust conversations and challenge ideas or...? Yeah, look, I think with any team you have different stages of, of team development and, and, and identity mm. and so it's certainly not something that comes naturally or easily, to, I don't believe, to any team. You have to invest in that and you mm. have to invest in in time together and understanding where everyone's coming from and um, what their styles are, what their competencies are, what they're bringing to the table to, to really then appreciate the contribution that they can make. So, no, I don't think it comes particularly easy. I think it is a, it's genuinely an investment mm. that every individual within the team needs to make to the broader team to get the best out of, I guess, the teamwork. Mm. So if you've been in your role for two and a half years, um, how long did that take to get to that environment or is it something you have to keep coming back to to remind them or...? I think with any operational leadership role, you have change within your team all the time. So you're constantly focusing on is the team, how's the team growing and adjusting um, both to the members that are in the team at any given point in time, but also what do you need in the dynamic of the team to add in to continue to shape and grow the team. So I'd have to say over two and a half years, um, it's taken a good length of that time to really get the right people around the table, the right mix of people around the table as well uh, to make sure that we've got the dynamic that we need to get the best out of the organisation. So uh, it's certainly not something that is ever static. I don't think you're ever there, um, but certainly just in any operational role, because you've got change, you've got to be constantly challenging yourself to make sure that the team that you've got will take you to where you need to go. And if you need to make change, then make that change. It's good. Some some good insight. I know it's a little off our, our topic, but I think they are all relevant questions and, and good insight to where we're trying to get to. At Apricot, we define authenticity as behaviour that matches your value. How do you define authenticity? Yeah, look, I think that's a pretty good definition. I think the thing, as I think about authenticity, is really being true to yourself. Um, and to do that, you need to understand what that means. And so I think uh, that authenticity being in behaving in alignment with your values is a great definition, just another frame on it, just being really true to to the way you operate and being true to yourself. Mm. So why do you think authentic leadership matters? Look, there's a range of, I think there's a lot of things that come into authentic leadership. Um, One thing I would reflect on is it's, it's, it's really hard to act in a way that's not congruent with your value set. Mm. Uh, And so you get pretty burnt out and pretty worn out pretty quickly if you're trying to do that a lot. So I think that's one aspect of authenticity that plays in. Uh, I think it's also, it's hard to be someone else. So you are your own version of yourself Mm. um, and trying to be somebody else or something else um, isn't probably going to work for you in the long term. And that, but that's not to say we can't change and adjust until, and to my comment earlier, finding ways that you can be authentic to yourself but also then adjust your style to match the, the need of the team or the, 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 the group or organisation that you're leading at any given point in time is really important too. I don't think that's disingenuous to your authentic self. It's just finding an effective way to lead. I also think it's really hard to act. I mm. think that people typically have a pretty good um, bullshit kind mm. of radar, mm. if I can use that language. And, yes, um, and I think... As soon as you're kind of drifting away from what you believe in, Mm. um, then people are going to pick up on that pretty quickly and you lose the impact. Mm. 
You talked about just sometimes we have to adjust our leadership style to suit the people that we're leading. How does how does that mix come about um, to be continue to be true and authentic to ourselves, but meet them where they're at? Um, how do you find yourself moving between those two? Yeah, sure. So if you think about when I think about authenticity, I think about do I believe in the message that I'm sending? So in uh, the way in which we're leading, or the purpose of the organisation, if you like, and what we're trying to achieve, very difficult to lead um, a particular initiative or a, or a um, or a program, if you don't believe that at its core it's a, it's a good thing to do. Mm. So I think in terms of having belief in what you're doing and what you're striving to achieve is, is fundamentally important. And then it comes down to how do I get the, how do I get the outcome? So mm. what's the style I'm selecting um, to try and drive that outcome? So the authenticity comes in that value set. If, if what you're trying to do is incongruous with what you believe is appropriate, People will see through that. But if it is in line with what you're thinking, then your capacity to then adjust your style to meet the need to get the outcome you're after is probably what I mean when I'm talking about just style but also being authentic in that. Mm. No, I think that's a really helpful insight because so often we think we're about the way we behave all the time but our I like the way you re- referred to it as the outcome we're trying to get. If it's true to the, what we believe in our style, then how do we bring people along and that's more about them than us sometimes is what I'm connecting there. Sure. And then there's other factors at play like um, are you under time pressure? Are you, mm. is it a long game or a short game? Um, and then the different dynamics that are at play in any given kind of challenge or initiative, um, sometimes you don't have the benefit of the collaboration that you would typically like to engage with because you're time poor or because the organisation might be time poor and you just need to act. Mm. So I think also just that situational context in terms of what's going on Mm. um, within the market, within the environment, within the organisation has to play into the style that you choose in any given situation as well. Yeah. How do you follow up with if you've stepped out of your natural authentic style because of time or, or other pressures that are coming, how do you loop back to that, either your your team or individuals, to um, to acknowledge, I guess, why you had to maybe veer off? Yeah, look, it goes back to that question around what have I learned. One of the things I've learned is it's it's good to frame it. Mm. So if you're actually finding that you're going to step outside your natural style, even just calling that you're going to do it mm. is can put context to the conversation that you might have to to venture into. So. Um, I have been known to actually say, look, we're just about to go off and, uh, you know, something that might not feel natural, but I'm, I'm just going to frame it because I need to need to say it and we need to get on with this. Yeah, that's great. It's a really good insight. Thank you. What have you done to create a culture of authenticity here at Oricon and, and I guess namely in, in New South Wales where you look after the region? Yeah, look, I think one of the things that I've been struck by is there's a lot of unconscious competence in industry. And what I mean by that is that there's competence that comes, but people don't appreciate why they do what they do. Mm. Uh, and I've been struck by the talent that you see within an organisation. And when you start talking to people about how they get the outcomes they get to, um, they look at you with a blank face because they just don't necessarily appreciate how they get the outcomes they get. Mm. Uh, and so I think there's a big piece around just bringing a consciousness to our styles mm. and just understanding um, the style, the impact that it has uh, on individuals, um, but also the style that 
and the impact that it has on yourself mm. uh, in terms of the effort that it takes to, to maybe act in a way that might not be congruent with your natural style. So there's a big piece for mine, <clears throat> excuse me, just around uh, appreciating what your style is. Mm. And so there's an awareness piece, if you like. Yeah. So do you create an environment for your team to understand and recognise their own styles within that? Uh, I think it's hard to do it if you're just doing it on your own. I think it's yeah. really helpful to have third-party input into that. Mm. Um, you obviously have a, a coaching role as a leader with your team mm. uh, and then there's an operational aspect to leading them as well. To have that kind of third-party view on and, and involvement to try and help people understand it, it can be a lot more, um, uh, what's the word, conducive to learning, mm. uh, vulnerability that needs to come with understanding that and then learning and then growing from that mm. is difficult if you're just in, in that kind of um, team environment. So mm. I think it's always good to have, you know, third-party influence over that. Mm. That's probably one of the things that I have kind of picked up over the couple of years is the impact that you can have with um, third-party kind of input. It's mm. good. What impact have you seen with inauthentic leadership on an organisation? I think when you see leaders who believe in what they're doing and the outcomes they're trying to achieve, the capacity to shift an organisation is, is, is extensive and vast. And so watching, uh, I guess, the development of, of the New South Wales team um, and more broadly other parts of the business under authentic leadership, you can really see parts of the business that, that hum where there is that authenticity and that you can see the followership Mm. Of, of leaders who are acting true to mm. what they believe. Mm. And I guess the vice versa as well. Mm. For someone wanting to improve the level of, of authenticity in their workplace, what would you suggest are some of the, I guess, key first steps? Yeah, look, I think uh, one of the things I would always encourage going back to that unconsciousness is, is to bring it to conscious. So... Mm. I think that continuous learning um, and development and reading and education, if you like, of people to understand what their styles are is probably the first step mm. um, and that can be pursued in a number of different ways. I think it is difficult to do it on your own. That would be a comment I would make. Mm. Um, I think you, it's, it's better to do that with others who can sharpen mm. you and, and give you feedback. Mm. Um, I, don't, I haven't seen... I guess, consistent evidence that you can go away and self-reflect and do it on your own. Mm. So I think there is an aspect of <clears throat> getting a third-party view um, or at least getting people around you who you trust to give you feedback I think is really important. Um, but I think that is the first step. The first step to understanding authenticity is to understand yourself. Mm. No, that, that's very helpful. This is a little bit outside of or just changing gears a little bit around just because I'm fascinated by who influences people's leadership styles and, and the way that we become who we are, if you like. Sure. Um, who has had the greatest influence on your approach to leadership and and how or why? Yeah, look, I, I was reflecting on that in terms of there's a number of people, I guess, that have had an impact on me. Uh, and you you obviously are always looking around for leaders that inspire you. I certainly do anyway. Um, and so that's something I'm quite conscious of is I'm constantly watching to see the style that inspires. Uh, and so for mine, um, there are a number of people throughout my career who I have looked up to who have inspired me. 
But I think if I then go back to educationally, who in the material and who have I kind of read who really kind of has shaped a lot of what I do, I can't go past Patrick Lencioni. He's, his writing and his material uh, certainly resonates um, with me. Mm. I had the amazing opportunity to go and see him speak in Australia um, about a month ago and uh, it's the first time he's been in Australia and it was just such an amazing experience to actually see someone in person who I have used his material for so long uh, and that was it was quite a buzz. And look, I think one of the reasons his material resonates so much is it's, his, it's simplicity. Mm. Um, there's a lot of simplicity in his messaging and he, uh, he would testify to this that there's not... Um, there's not complexity in leading well, but mm. to lead it well, it, it takes a lot of discipline. Mm. And so that's one of the things I quite like about his material is when you read it, it makes sense. Yep. It's not overly complex, but to do it well and to do it consistently well uh, is where the, the real, I guess, learning and mm. continual improvement comes in. Mm. I think your last answer actually helps us, it goes right back to the start where I said you're a leader who invest time in growing and learning and developing yourself and your team around you. Mm. It's not something you always see in organisations. Um, even your ability to draw others in to help grow and develop yourself and the team is a, a reflection of your, um, in some ways, your self-assurance or confidence in your own leadership as well because others would not move into that space easily. I've really enjoyed some of the insights that you've been able to give there around that unconscious competent, competence in there that so often people do and they play to their strengths but don't realise that no one else can really do what they do. Um, to create an environment as a leader where people value the input of those around them and their peers is something that I've seen evidence of in the way that you lead. Um, but being um, conscious to help people recognise that and grow in that and be authentically themselves, um, I think I see evidence in that in the way that you lead and um, and you've given some great insights around that today. So thanks for your time. Thank really you, Rich. appreciate it. And um, I look forward to you maybe coming and visiting our podcast again um, in the future. It'll be good. It'll be my pleasure. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting. We hope you found it helpful. And if you did, it would help us if you could rate and review this episode on your podcast platform and subscribe for more episodes. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us. 